Shelton, the critical thinker at large, coming at you for another hour of podcasting greatness here on YouTube with video, as well as audio only on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and where other good podcasts are sold. I don't really know why I do that intro every time, but it's kind of what's developed, and so that's what I'm doing, so I'm sticking to it. Hey, Aaron, welcome back to the show. I am so glad to have you on this week. Hey, Chris, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Now, Aaron Smith-Levin, my guest this week, is a uh, return uh, guest, of course, and Aaron and I have had some amazing and wonderful discussions about Scientology, our experiences in Scientology and the Sea Org, and some really in-depth and interesting conversations about Clearwater, Florida, which is basically the home of Scientology International and the, and the site of its largest service facilities and uh, where it makes its most money and what most people would consider the seat of power of Scientology would be in Clearwater, Florida. So Aaron lives in Clearwater, and he has recently announced that he is running for city council there. And this is quite amazing and quite wonderful news. And I am uh, pleased as punch about this. I really can't validate you, Aaron, enough for what you're doing. And in that effort, I want to assist your campaign by giving you a platform here to talk about what you want to do and what this is all about. So take the floor. <laughs> How's it going on your awesome. campaign so Thank far? You. <laughs> yeah, it's going fantastic. Um, the last time you and I chatted here on your podcast, uh, we spoke at length that I would be running. Yep. And uh, September 16th was the, uh, the, uh, the first date that any potential candidates could file their paperwork to say, I'm officially a candidate. Um, and I was there first thing, uh, as soon as the doors to city hall opened on, uh, September 16th. And, um, so now that the campaign is officially live, um, you know, the website is live, uh, Aaron for Clearwater. That's F O R not, uh, the number four Aaron for Clearwater.com. Uh, for anyone who wants to support the campaign. Uh, and there's also a page that has, uh, you know, the issues that I'm running on. For, you know, our audiences, the only thing anyone really cares about is that I'm running on a platform to ultimately get Scientology's tax-exempt status revoked. Right. Um, the people of Clearwater care more about, um, care about more things than just that. But, you know, our audiences watch us because of the Scientology issue. And... Um, uh, you know, this idea of getting Scientology's tax exempt status revoked is obviously something the Clearwater City Council doesn't have the authority to do. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, you and I get questions all the time, like, why why don't why doesn't the government do anything about this? Why isn't the FBI doing anything about this? Why isn't the IRS doing anything about this? We need to understand the landscape. We need to understand that Scientology is not on the top of anyone's priority list, um, <laughs> you know, uh, for a variety of reasons. Uh, uh, one of which is it just doesn't rise to the level of importance at the state level or the national level of anything anyone cares about, really, honestly. And you also have, well, you have the reality that Scientology is very small compared to anything else uh, that might be on the plate of a federal politician. You know, mm -hmm. now, now I'm saying that even though most people in seats of power don't understand how small Scientology is, right? But and I'm getting a little bit of a tangent here, but I'll I'll bring all this around it and you know uh, fit it all together. 
even though the Clearwater City Council doesn't have the authority to revoke Scientology's tax-exempt status, uh, I feel that in order for that outcome to eventually uh, occur, we need the ammunition, which is evidence of crimes for which Scientology could be prosecuted and for which the tax-exempt status could be revoked. We need the political will, and we also need the demand. Now, we have the ammunition. That's... That's fine. We will continue to collect it, but we have the ammunition. The political will, I believe, will come about from demonstrating to politicians that Scientology cannot prevent anyone from getting elected and cannot prevent anyone from getting reelected, that Scientology is much smaller than they have led people in power to believe, that they have a lot less influence than they have led people in power to believe. Um, and I'm sort of running an in-your-face, I dare Scientology to prevent me from getting elected campaign to really push this issue that if someone like me at the top of Scientology's enemy list in Clearwater, who runs a foundation that helps escaping from Scientology, can run an in-your-face campaign every day for six months in Clearwater, Florida, and Scientology can't keep me from getting elected in Clearwater, Florida, then they can't keep anybody from getting elected anywhere. Yep. Okay. Yep. Then we need the demand, right? Once, once politicians understand um, it's okay, not only is it okay to stand up for this organization, not only is it okay to take it on, but it's actually incredibly popular to do so, right? That's uh, to me, all these things relate to the political will to do something about it. I mean, yeah. politicians are interested in things that make them popular, <laughs> right? So then we have the demand, but that, that comes in later in the conversation. Um, my, my, my campaign is about creating the political will. Uh, creating the demand is a, is a separate but related conversation. So for those who pay attention in our relatively small world of Scientology watchers, somebody could say, well, didn't Mark Bunker already prove that you that Scientology can't keep anybody from getting elected. Yeah. And on a certain level, yes, but local, um, the local establishment, anyone in, in seats of power politically or in the business world uh, or, or, or in the, the city government here in Clearwater has explained away Mark Bunker's election as a fluke because uh -huh. for the, it was the first time ever that five people were running for the same city council seat. And the way Clearwater's voting laws work is there's no runoff elections. Like all you have to do is get the most votes. So the more people who are running, the less votes it takes to win. Yep. And Mark Bunker won with 27 or 28 percent of the vote. No one had ever won in Clearwater a seat with that small of a percentage of the vote. Um, people have run for Clearwater unopposed. Like people have won with no one even opposing them, but no one's won with 27% of the vote. So the locals, the local establishment who just wish people would stop talking about Scientology, who wish people would stop, you know, uh, you know, attracting national attention to Clearwater um, on the subject of Scientology. They, they have just explained away that um, if Mark was running uh, a one-on-one -on -one race, he never would have stood a chance. Mm. And Fortunately, my race is a one-on-one -on -one race, and I'm running against a candidate who is very friendly with Scientology. And whereas the selfish part of me wishes there was 10 people running against me so that I could win with a slam dunk, 
Um, the uh, the pragmatist a part of me goes, thank God this is a one on one election, and thank God my opponent is going to get the support of every Scientologist in this town, because if and when I beat her, people will have to sit up and take notice and go, oh, oh, these people aren't just exaggerating when they say Scientology has no actual social or civic influence. Um, You know, because someone could sit down with me and I could try to explain that to them. And they're like, yeah, yeah, that's what he would say, you know, but I, so I, I'm I'm sick of trying to convince people that they should take a stand against Scientology. It was I mean, look, I've lived in Clearwater now for 15 years since I left the Sea Organization. It's been uh, 2006, so 15 years, and I've spoken to hundreds of people in the community who would be considered establishment uh, people with relative amounts of power. Privately, they're all very much in agreement that Scientology is a bad thing that they should be opposed. Privately, they're cheerleading for all of us who sort of, uh, you know, work on that in, in some way, shape or form, but publicly they're, they're absolute cowards. They're absolute cowards and they justify it. Um, you know, in terms of just being diplomatic or being fair or being polite. And I go, yeah, that's not your job. Your job is to stand up for the people of Clearwater and Scientology is waging a war against the city. You're supposed to be a leader of, and you're not doing the citizens of Clearwater any favors by acting like your job is to be nice about it. Yeah. It's not your job. Um, and, you know, I've spoken with one particular city council member who was so supportive um, of everything, you know, me, you, Mike Lee, everyone else is uh, doing to expose Scientology. And, you know, we were, uh, me and Mike were meeting, me and Mike Rinder were meeting with this guy. And, you know, we were given some tips on actually what he could be doing behind the scenes secretly. I mean, not secretly, but privately. Um, with his powerful connections to make a meaningful difference. And, you know, we probably spoke for an hour, hour and a half about this. And at the end of the meeting, he's like, you know, at the end of the day, I'm going to do what's best for me and my family and my business. And uh, you know what he didn't say? He didn't say the people of Clearwater. And uh, it was like, you know what? If you think that your job as a city council member is to do what's best for you, your family and your business, you have no, you have no place being on the city council. Go, th- then just go be a private citizen. Just go be a private citizen because the truth is your job is to do what's best for the people of Clearwater. Um, And so I'm just tired of trying to convince anyone with any uh, influence or power in the city that they should be doing something differently or doing something more. And I'm tired of everyone excusing away Mark Bonker's election as a one-time fluke. So fine. So we've got a one-on-one race. Um, the, The campaigns last for six months. The election's on March 15th. Um, my opponent will be extremely well-funded. She has the support of the entire uh, Clearwater establishment. But the fact is the Clearwater establishment only represents money. They don't represent votes. And it sounds like such a cliche, and it, it, I feel silly even saying it, but it just this, this Scientology issue, really, it's the perfect example of how leadership is completely out of touch with, with the citizens. And it's hard to truly understand how the people of Clearwater can be so much more knowledgeable and educated on the subject of Scientology than the leadership. Like you'd think the leadership would have an incentive to be very well informed on this issue and to take a strong stance against it. But it's like, they've all been neutered. They've all been tricked by Scientology into thinking that the best way forward is to just get along. Well, I'm not advocating for being impolite. I'm advocating for taking a stand. And if that requires being impolite, then fine. I mean, I'm not 
not advocating being rude for the sake of being rude, but for the love of God, this organization is at war with the city of Clearwater. It is spending hundreds of millions of dollars to prevent us from redeveloping our downtown sector. And they're spending hundreds of millions of dollars to oppose it at the same time that Clearwater is spending hundreds of millions of dollars to accomplish it. This is an economic war. And if the city leadership isn't the one taking uh, the lead in uh, fighting back against it, standing up to it, um, demanding, requesting and demanding help from the state and the federal level, then why in the hell would we think why would we expect anyone else to be advocating that something be done about it if we're not doing it? And that's the thing, Chris, is, you know, the, one of the favorite justifications of these local leaders is it's out. The, the federal government's the one to blame for giving Scientology this protected status. They're the ones who have to do something about it. And I go, well, no, they're the ones who have the authority to do something about it. But why in the world would you think it's a priority for them if it's not a priority for you? You know, so um, it really is. My campaign has a few a few things that I'm going to be focusing on. The Scientology issue is simply um, while while only one of many issues that are relevant to Clearwater, it's simply the biggest issue that differentiates me from the competition. Everyone running for city council pretty much has the same answers to all the major questions, right? Mm. No one runs for city council and says, I'm anti-business, I'm anti-environment, I'm anti <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, two years ago, there was 14 people running for council when you when you consider all the free seats that were up for grabs. And and the city would host these forums where every candidate would have to basically respond to, to a, a particular question. Everyone had the same answers. It didn't matter if you were Democrat, Republican, no party affiliation. Like everyone has the same answers to the damn questions. So my opponent will attack me for being a single issue candidate. And that's fine. If she didn't have that to criticize me for, she'd have nothing to criticize me for. But the fact is, it's not that I'm a single issue candidate, it's that this is the issue that differentiates me from the competition and so that's why i talk about it and it's it's the one thing that needs to change in order for clearwater's future to drastically change right. and um so yeah that's the thrust of my campaign is um standing up to scientology standing up for clearwater and uh and i hope to get uh, as much support from uh, all over the country as possible it's been pretty fantastic so far i'll tell you Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, I saw I, I am sure you have a, a national or or it may be even international uh, assistance on that. I'm not sure what the election laws are in terms of campaign finance, but uh, certainly support from all over the place. That is that is definitely for sure. I'm curious for non for people who are non Scientologists who are who are seeing you for the first time or, you know, have no no Scientology background. Right. And um, in Clearwater, and they look at you and they go, well, you used to be a Scientologist and a Sea Org member even. Pretty far in, pretty deep in, then you come out. How do you address that drastic change? And, you know, how do we look to you into the future in terms of trust or stability or that kind of thing? Yeah. Um, fortunately, as you know, I was on the Leary Remedy Scientology in the aftermath show. And it's very easy just to point to that show. If uh, someone has a question about um, whether I'm like still secretly a Scientologist or something. <laughs> uh, fortunately, 
Scientology has also done me a, a huge favor of putting up um, the, the the massive attack hate website about me uh, using AaronSmithLevin.com. So how I approach a conversation with a Clearwater voter usually goes like this. Hey, do you live in Clearwater? Yeah. Oh, great. I'm, I'm running for city council to say F you to Scientology. Will you sign my form? And they go, yeah, give me that form. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Yeah. It takes it takes two seconds to get a signature. And um, now, of course, it's kind of a cute, funny thing to say, but it starts the conversation. So here's another way that the conversation happens is, hey, do you live in Clearwater? Yes, I do. Fantastic. Are you registered to vote? Yes, fantastic. I run a foundation that helps people that are leaving Scientology, and I'm running for city council to get Scientology's tax-exempt status revoked. Oh, give me that. Give me your form. I'll sign it. I mean, there's uh, no one has not signed my form. Wow. Wow. <laughs> you might be wondering what I'm talking about. So they give you, uh, you need to get 250. You file, first, you file your paperwork to officially become a candidate. But then in order for your name to appear on the ballot, you have to have 250 signatures from registered Clearwater voters. And, um, you know, the city audits every form to uh, verify the signature and verify the information, verify it's a real form. Uh, and so, you know, as a candidate, that's your first, hurdle. It's really your only hurdle other than actually getting the votes. Your first hurdle is to get your 250 signatures. I can literally just go to any local hangout in Clearwater and just sit there, um, hang out. And every single person who walks in the door will be like, you live in Clearwater? Hey, I'm running for Clearwater city council. Uh, uh, to say, ask you to Scientology. You want to sign my form? I'd be like, oh, absolutely. Hey, yeah, uh, this guy's, uh, this guy's running to say, Scientology, everybody. <laughs> Perfect. And again, it's more like like even like if my opponent were to hear the story, she'd be like, see, he's a single issue candidate. And I go, look, this story is not a reflection of my candidacy. The story is a reflection of the sentiment of the people who live in this city and vote underestimate it at your peril. Exactly. And um, and she really is. uh um. She's at a great disadvantage. She's at a great disadvantage because she is very close to Scientologists. She's literally, she's friends on Facebook with the Sea Org members who are Scientology's, um, you know, public relations faces in the community. She's literally the person Scientology goes to to complain about people downtown. In fact, Chris, you're going to love this anecdote. Um, you remember when Cult City Tours was happening? Yeah. And there was a big hubbub here in Clearwater because he was rubbing some people the wrong way, which yep. is fine and expected. Um, my opponent, her name is Lena Teixeira. She had some role in it. She has some role in, in a local organization called the Clearwater Downtown Partnership. And that organization was going to request some funds for something from city council. So Lena had requested a meeting with Mark Bunker. So Mark Bunker had gone over to Lena's office and they were chatting about this issue that Lena was going to bring before the council and realize Mark Bunkers also was in, was um, going to participate in, in an, a special event with me on this cult city tourist thing. Right. <laughs> yep. 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 So, so council member Mark Bunker is sitting there in Lena to office chatting when there's a knock on the door and it's a Sea Org member from the church of Scientology showing up to complain to Lena about Mark Bunker and cult city tours and, and, and mark gets up mark gets up and answers the door 
And it's, you know, it's, it's Amber Dunham, you know, well, maybe you don't know Amber. She's uh, she runs the Scientology Information Center, but she's been a flag seared member since she was a teenager. And, uh, and then so Mark Bunker answers the door uh. and it's Amber Dunham there to complain to Lena about Mark. I mean, it's just, there's no way for Lena to distance herself from the Scientology issue uh, because then Scientology it would really make it rough for her. I mean, Lena lives downtown. She works downtown. She's involved in all these downtown organizations. These are the very organizations Scientology has infiltrated. Right. So she's one of these people who hides behind the, you have to work. I have to work with them every day. I'm like, yeah, it's people like you who are the problem. It is people like you who have allowed Scientology to infiltrate the institutions in this town. Uh, and it's people like you who try to say, that it has to be that way because it doesn't have to be that way. And uh, anyway, I could go on and on and on. No, I, and, and in fact, I kind of want you to because I, I'm curious about, and we've talked about this before, but I'd like to, from your candidate position, I'd like to, I'd like to know, um, you know, there's this thing called the Downtown Development Board, which has got Scientologists on it. And that's as close as and as much power as Scientology has in the government structure of, of Clearwater is that board. And it's, and it's mostly Scientologists. Am I right about that? On that down? It is mostly Scientologists. Yeah. And, and Lena herself used to be on that board, which would not have been possible without her getting the support of the Scientologists. Right. Um, and so the downtown development board and the fact that there's a majority of Scientologists on it, I think, uh, that fact and the reporting about that fact, I think, is why a lot of people think there's Scientologists on Clearwater City Council. Right. Because they hear an elected board and they don't realize Clearwater has more than one elected board. So the Clearwater City Council seats are all voted through a citywide election. Like we don't have districts. Okay. Mm. So if there's a seat open, you have to pick which seats you're running for. And every voter in Clearwater, you're fighting for those votes. Okay. That's 116, 120,000 people, not all, you know, there's only about 20, 25,000 people who actually vote. But those are citywide elections. It would be absolutely impossible for a Scientologist to ever win a city council election. A Scientologist has never even attempted to run for city council. However, the downtown development board, in order to vote in those elections, you have to actually own property in a very small geographically defined area that we call the community redevelopment dump. The CRA, the Community Redevelopment Agency. So the Community Redevelopment District. It's a very small area. It's what is sort of legally considered our downtown. Okay. okay. You have to you have to physically own property in order to even have a vote. Um, that is about eight hundred properties. If you have ten properties, you get ten votes. And you know, I just mentioned before that even though Clearwater's got like one hundred and twenty thousand people, only about twenty thousand people actually end up voting. That sort of um, voter turnout also applies to something like the downtown development board elections. There might be 700 to 900 eligible votes, no more than 400, two to 400 people ever even vote in those elections. Okay. And Scientology controls over half the votes. So what's remarkable isn't that the downtown development board has so many Scientologists. What's remarkable is that they have any non-Scientologists at all. Right, right. right. And there's only one or two non-Scientologists left. Eventually, it'll be dominated by Scientologists. But you have to understand, even though that's an elected board, they don't have any political authority. The, the entire purpose of this board is to um, direct how a very small portion of property tax is spent, and it can only be spent to promote 
activities in downtown Clearwater. I mean, really. Businesses come before the board and then say, hey, we're putting on this event. It should attract a bunch of business to downtown. We'd like $10,000 from the downtown development board budget. Like their entire authority is just how to direct a relatively small amount of money. And they're constrained in how they're even allowed to spend that money. None of that money goes towards Scientology. So, you know, it's almost like it's something that allows Scientologists to put, just like put uh, pat themselves on the back that they've, you know, infiltrated government or whatever, but it's really a super low bar. And um, so that's right. So you were, yeah, that's what the downtown development board is. Yeah. Uh, that is the only other elected board in Clearwater. Uh, isn't it honestly remarkable that a Scientologist has never even attempted to run for Clearwater City Council? I, it is. Now, I, I, I've explained why I think that is the case. It's one thing to say they'll never be able to win, but a lot of people run for things they have no shot of winning. Scientology has really gone out of its way. One of the ways it has tried to create influence is by exponentially lying about how big they are and how many members they have and thereby how many votes they can control. They want people to think that they control some massive voting block in Florida or in Clearwater. They want politicians to think that if you want to get into office, you need Scientology's blessing. And if they ran their own candidate for Clearwater City Council, it would expose that lie because there aren't more than 500 to 600 voting Scientologists in Clearwater, people who are qualified, eligible to vote, registered to vote, and who vote. Mm -hmm. It's not more than 500 to 600. I, I uploaded a video on my channel where I estimated the number of Clearwater Scientologist voters three separate ways, and each way came between 500 and 600. So it's a very safe number. Um, and I'll probably redo the video just to get it back into the consciousness since more people are watching my channel now than, than they used to. Um, Scientology can't afford to run their own candidate. It would expose Miscavige's lie, right. which is one of the reasons I'm leaving, leaning so heavily in to the in-your-face style campaign and going, I dare you to run someone against me. I dare you to endorse my opponent. I dare you to mobilize all of your efforts because the stronger, the more you try, the more I'm going to use it as the perfect case study to expose how small and ineffective and irrelevant you are. Even in a city like Clearwater, where everyone thinks you're a big fish in a small pond and you can't keep me from getting elected. If you can't keep me from getting elected in your own backyard, you have no influence. You're a joke. Just you're a joke. Right. And, um, and, and as you know, that, that's what I believe. I believe they are a joke. Uh, and, um, it is my job to demonstrate that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, this is definitely the best case I have seen yet in, in the years since I've been out of Scientology where somebody is really putting their money where their mouth is on this one. And I am impressed and, and very, very happy that this is happening. I, um, I mean, can you imagine, dude, 20 years ago having this conversation? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> When we were in the Sea Org, I mean, could you yeah. imagine that this is where we were going to be? <laughs> Damn. It's pretty funny. Damn. I mean, it's pretty yeah. awesome because if there has ever been a Sea Org member come out of the Sea Org and, you know, just stand up loud and proud and go, nope, no, we're not doing this anymore. It's you. It's what you're doing right now. That's right. 
you know, and I, and, and well, just thank you. Thank win, you. lose, draw, that alone is powerful. And it, and it should be acknowledged for what it is, you know, so good job, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's something to be said for, you know, let's go back to this political will issue. Yeah. I think to a certain extent, if politicians, like even if they were to, for some reason, be paying close attention to Clearwater and they would see that technically I've sort of proven this point I'm trying to prove, you know, there's still a likelihood that politicians would be afraid uh, of the church just, you know, if they've got a lot of skeletons in their closet. That's, That's right. probably the nature of the beast for a lot of these guys. And, and and again, on that issue, I'm like, you know what? It's hard to tell someone they shouldn't be afraid of something like that. But I'm like, you know what? I hope the church just throws literally everything they've got at me. I don't care. True, false, right, wrong, or indifferent. I don't care. Because that's the point. The point of the campaign is you think after all this, you're going to scare me off by saying some scandalous shit about me? You didn't get the memo. Right. You didn't get the memo (laughs) of why I'm running. The worse shit you say about me, the better the message I'm delivering is. Like, bring it on. That's you right. know, <laughs> that's right. Well, one almost hopes for that because it it is so interesting. Your website. I mean, I had to a lesser degree the page they have on me, you know, the other critics who have pages and stuff on Stand League or whatever. It, 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 it's always so over the top. It's so exaggerated. It's such nonsense. And, and they seem to have no self-awareness of, uh, or rather they'd seem to be all about self-awareness. They don't seem to have any understanding of how other people see them, the, the, the Church of Scientology and, and the Office of Special Affairs. And so they keep shooting these foot bullets. They keep shooting themselves in the foot because they, they put stuff out in an effort to degrade, you know, invalidate, you know, denounce their opponents, their critics, and it always sounds so exaggeratedly insane what they're saying that you go, I can't believe that, but I really can't believe you're even saying that, you know, kind of is the response from normal people who, who read this stuff and go, that, that can't be true. And so it always seems to work in our favor. And I find that such a bizarre and obvious and fascinating fact. It, it, it continues to astound me when I was... As I've gotten more and more out of Scientology, it's gotten more and more weird to me how I ever thought that that made sense. What they were doing, how they talk, how they how they speak, how they talk about critics and stuff. You really have to put yourself in a completely different mindset, a very fanatical one, if I if I may say, in order for those words and those attacks against us to have any real credibility. I don't, I don't, I don't get why they keep doing that, but I keep, but I'm, I'm happy they do. <laughs> you know? It's just, it's just worth commenting on because it's just so over the top what they do. And I, I'm anticipating more of that through your campaign, especially as time goes forward and, you know, and the numbers start showing, I, I believe the numbers will show that their candidate isn't going to, to fly and that the Scientology will be monitoring that. Do you, do you think that? Do you think they'll be monitoring it closely? Um, oh yeah, they're oh, oh yeah, yeah. Now again, you could, well, how would they? They would be, have to do an awful lot of polling, yeah. and I suspect that they will. Mm-hmm. Um, the church itself obviously doesn't have a way to um, 
uh, get money or to fund the campaign of my opponent. Uh, by the way, uh, it is, uh, you mentioned earlier about the campaign finance rules. Yeah. Um, individuals only, only Americans can donate. Um, Americans living abroad can donate, uh, but, but like foreigners outside of the country cannot donate to the campaign. The, the website won't even allow it actually. Um, but an individual can donate as much as a thousand dollars to the campaign. That's the individual donation limit. Uh, technically, Scientology could simply request that every public Scientologist donate the maximum to my opponent's campaign. Uh, that's theoretical. That won't actually happen. But like, let, let, I just said there's about 600 voting Scientologists. Technically, they could arrange for my candidate to get $600,000. Now, in the last election, she actually ran against Mark Bunker in the last election. Uh -huh. um, she raised 60,000, 60, 60,000. Um, and she raised three times more money than Mark Bunker did. And Mark Bunker came in first place and she came in third place. So I don't believe she has a high desirability or, you know, attractiveness, desirability as a candidate in general, but she's also shown that money doesn't exactly do her any favors. Um, in the first two weeks of the campaign, I have already raised $14,000 from 160 different donors from all over the country. Great. Right. So um, that is um, a very strong start. And uh, one of the points I'm making here is I don't have to outraise her. I just have to raise enough money to run a strong campaign. It almost doesn't matter how much she raises. Right. Money is not going to get her votes. Money is not going to make her a more desirable or attractive candidate on the, when it comes to the Scientology issue or when it comes to any other issues. And um, but nonetheless, nonetheless, the amount of support this is in the first two weeks. In the first two weeks, we've raised fourteen thousand yeah, dollars. It's incredible. Awesome. That's awesome. And so Scientology will, I got a little off track. Um, yeah, yeah. They will try to keep track of this in any way that they can, but they won't be able to do anything about it. Right. You know, right. Um, actually, I recorded an episode of, uh, of Leah's podcast with Mike and Leah last week. I think, what is today? Is today Thursday? Is today Friday? Mm -hmm. um, it should air this coming Monday. And Mike gives a lot of his thoughts on what he would be doing if he were still in Scientology, if he was still running OSA, what he would be doing to um, counteract my campaign. And it was really, really interesting. Um, <laughs> a little, little teaser for I that keep, podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely going to check that I out. Keep, I keep looking over my shoulder of like, where's the PIs? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, right. I mean, it seems kind of obvious that they would want to stalk you very closely at this point, more so maybe than they already have been. Um, I mean, because any little thing, you know, any little thing they can blow oh, up. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, how much, just so the people out there know in terms of if somebody's sitting on the fence as to whether to send a donation or not, you know, to your campaign, how much are you looking at total needing in terms of your projections? And what what do you encourage people to do on that? So because Lena... Uh, Lena Teixeira is my opponent because she raised 60,000 last time and will probably raise double that this time. I'm hoping for 60,000 over the course of the six month campaign. Okay. Um, we've already raised 15. So we got a very, we already raised 15, uh, 14 to 15 in two weeks. So we got a very strong start. Um, November, December are always very low 
um, you know, fundraising months for city council campaigns because obvious reasons. Yeah. So, you know, I feel like if we continue to do about 10,000 a month, um, and we're not spending that much per month. A lot of the expenditures come at the the, the, the later half of the campaign and are mostly on mailers and right. signs and all this kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, so you're, how it's hard for me to tell any individual um, person who wants to support the campaign, uh, you know, how much they should donate. They can donate whatever they want. The truth is my my hope would be that there's so many people donating that people donate five bucks, donate 10 bucks. You know, if 50,000 people donated a dollar, I mean, you see what I mean? Yes, you know what I mean? Exactly. Um, I'm fortunate enough. I'm fortunate enough to have my, my, my YouTube channel as a platform uh, to be able to, to talk about this and um, let people know what I'm doing, why I'm doing, give as many people as possible an opportunity to support the campaign if they want to. I'm also going to be spending, you know, two to three hours pretty much every day for the next six months knocking on doors all over Clearwater of, of uh, registered voters, um, high likely. Um, there's these fantastic forms that'll give you all voters and you can even filter it by most likely voters, like who, who's voted in four out of the last five elections, for example. Wow. Um, it's fantastic. The platforms that exist for campaigns is, is spectacular. So, you know, knocking on doors and actually meeting citizens and voters face to face is what wins campaigns. Mailers doesn't win campaigns. Science don't win campaigns. Knocking on doors wins campaigns. Yeah. So that's going to be my focus. I already know that the establishment folks of Clearwater uh, would rather someone like me were not on the council. They don't like people making a fuss out of Scientology. But you know what? They're not the ones who are going to vote me in, hopefully. It's going to be the citizens. So right. I'm going to work on meeting as many of them as possible. And, you know, look, anyone, you know, uh, either supporting the campaign or helping spread the word about the campaign to others who will support it, it's all good. It all helps immensely. Excellent. Are there um, any, especially maybe later in the campaign, are there volunteer opportunities or things, other methods of support that people should know about now or into the future? So the absolutely, the, the, the most important to volunteer activity is people who volunteer to help knock on doors. And those are locals. So the form on my website, it might not be up there yet, but I'll mention it anyway um, for, for later use. There will be a form on the website if there isn't already for someone to say, this is how I would like to volunteer. And it'll have boxes of different things they can check for different ways they can volunteer. Um, there is a way to volunteer by calling voters. That can be done from anywhere in the country. Um, like I said, there's knocking on doors where me and a bunch of volunteers go out to a neighborhood and we sort of fan out and we all have an exact list of addresses to go to go knock on as provided by this fantastic software. So it's not just knocking on doors willy-nilly. It's very targeted. It's very productive. And that is uh, that is probably the best, most helpful way for local people to support. And if you're outside of you know the region, uh, the best way to support is through campaign donations. Great. Okay, great. And um, how you mentioned Mike a couple of times, I was going to ask you, how close is he with you on this in terms of advising and working with you and, and who else is on your team? Um, well, the thing is, the team is actually quite small. Um, and, and also it, it, these campaigns, it's mostly messaging. So like, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, you watch these movies about, you know, politicians running campaigns and there's this giant staff and someone's handling communications <laughs> and someone's handling fundraising and someone's handling the phones. It's not like that at all. <laughs> a campaign for a race like this can literally just be a, a guy 
Now, I've got a treasurer, I've got a deputy treasurer, I've got a campaign manager, I've got, um, but you know, especially this early in the race, um, the the treasurer and the deputy treasurer and the campaign, the campaign manager, I mean, really, um, it's so early in the race that a lot of it is just keeping all the paperwork, keeping track of the donations, because campaign finance is taken very, very seriously. There's monthly reports that have to be filed. And most of the work is just keeping track of all the paperwork. Ah. <laughs> um, Otherwise, you know, like I'm going to I'm going to ask, you know, Mike will end up being almost certainly the honorary chairman of the campaign. But when you really look at what the day to day business of campaigning is, it's knocking on doors. Well, who's doing that? Me. That's all it takes. (laughs) (laughs) It's almost too early. I I have a lot of people who volunteer to knock on doors, but it's on. It's almost too early to even start mobilizing that particular part of the campaign. Right. Um, Knocking on doors for six months is a long ass time. <laughs> yes, yes. And uh, you, you don't. There's you know there's this concept of peaking too early. You don't want to get. You want to reach the peak of the interest and the and the awareness just before uh, the actual vote. And until then, the work is really me meeting people face to face, meeting the candidates. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know the official team is very small. But then you have a, a larger scope of advisors and supporters who are, you know, helping introduce me to people and things like that. And Mike's absolutely part of that team. Cool. cool and actually, cool. also, I should mention David Yates. Uh, David Yates, the uh, he's most well known for having been the CEO of the Clearwater Marine Aquarium, where Winter the Dolphin is. He got the the uh, the Dolphin Tail movies made. Uh, he used to run the Iron Man organization. Uh, he's he's a superstar here in the local community, and he's one of the biggest supporters of my campaign because, you know, the church really tried to attack him when the church wanted a property that the aquarium owned, and he refused to sell it to them, and he sold it to the city of Clearwater instead. And he was under contract with the city of Clearwater to sell this property right on Clearwater's bluff overlooking uh, you know, the, the bay for four point four and a quarter million dollars. And Scientology officially offered 15 million, but verbally offered $20 million for this property. Jesus. And David Yates said, I am not turning this property over to Scientology so they can just use it for their own private use. This property belongs in public hands. And even though the aquarium was in the middle of a big fundraising drive to uh, fund an expansion to their facilities, he said, David Miscavige can stick his $20 million up his ass. I'll take $4 million from the city. And David Miscavige launched an all-out campaign to get David Gates fired, to get his funding from the county pulled, to get his funding from the state pulled. And, and this was the first time that David himself, Yates, personally saw how the community of Clearwater rose up to support the Clearwater Marine Aquarium simply because David was standing up to Scientology. And so, you know, David's been talking to me for a couple of years now that he says, look, the local politicians, they just don't get it. They truly don't get it. We need to show them. And um, so that's what this campaign is about. And so I'm mentioning David Yates because he's one of the, uh, other than Leah endorsing my campaign, David Yates is probably the most recognizable name locally, of course, in addition to Mike Rinder, um, who's fully endorsed my campaign and and is on Team Aaron for Clearwater City Council. (laughs) Excellent. Excellent. Hey, just on a personal note, I have to ask now that you are formally 
into politics and kind of politician-like, what's it like? <laughs> oh, I got to tell you, I am totally against any idea. I'm, you didn't say this, but this is my answer. Against any idea that someone should change who they are or what they're doing because they're running for public office. I am so sick of this. There's this almost this uh, craving, this demand, this pressure that our that our elected leaders be some fake version of themselves. Yes. Like this demand that people who hold elected office are supposed to be some extra special, you know, I don't know, pure, smarter version of everyone else. It's like, wait a second, this is representative. This is supposed to be representative government. Like if we are demanding some sort of weird state of perfection from our leaders. Well, that's not possible. So all we're going to do is end up with a bunch of fake liars, which is kind of what we end up with. Yep. Like if we demand that we, you must be this polished version of something, you know, like I've started to see some comments on some of my videos, like, oh, this is not a good look for someone running for public office. I go, wait, did you think it was a good look before? <laughs> like, why do you think I'm supposed to be a different version of myself because I'm running for city council? I'm running for city council so that someone like me is on the city council, not so that I can project some fake version of me that I hope is more acceptable to people. Like, if I'm not acceptable, I won't win. That's okay. I'm running to prove that someone like me running on my platform is acceptable. That's the point of the campaign. So, I mean, to answer your question, what's it like? I'm just, it's exactly the same. And I'm going <laughs> to, except I'm not, I'm not cursing as much. I'm not using the F word, right. you know, right. I, 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 you know, I do understand that that kind of stuff is offensive to a large um, sector of the population. To us, it's like breathing air in Scientology. I mean, Scientologists, <laughs> You use swear words like they're prepositions. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Fucking A, they do. <laughs> so I, so I, I do realize that's uh, distasteful. You know, it's funny, you know, um, Amy, you know, Amy Scobie and Matt Pesh. Yeah. They are probably the only two Scientologists, uh, former Scientologists, particularly former Seared members that I know of, who, after leaving Scientology, um, are full, full blown Christian. Like, like ah. full, honest to God, Christian, honest to God, Christians. And she was here at my, my um, campaign launch party this weekend. And she said this to me before, but she did reiterate it. She's like, cause I was telling her about how I specifically want to discuss Scientology and their anti-Christian beliefs and behaviors with local Christians. And she said, just don't swear. <laughs> she said, she said, honestly, as a Christian, it's very gross when to hear someone swear. And I know that former Scientologists don't get that, but it's worth really getting like people wow. don't like that. And I'm like, okay, that's one change I'm willing to make. Yeah. I'm willing to swear less. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can accommodate that request. That's good. That's good. Awesome. So that's yeah. the big so that's the big change in your life now that you're a politician. <laughs> so you're not swearing as much. Yes. That's hilarious. Absolutely. That's hilarious. Do you have future? I mean, have you considered that this is is this is this in any way in your mind stepping stone? Or is this is this I mean, I the, is this so. the mountain you want? Is this is the this is the goal? Yeah, I think uh, I think this is the goal. Um, it's uh, the further you get away from Clearwater, the less relevant the Scientology issue even is, mm -hmm. right? So it's almost like 
showing that Scientology can't get you elected in Clearwater is probably the biggest litmus test of whether Scientology has any influence of any kind whatsoever, other than, you know, their kind of network of lobbyists and lawyers who can sort of peddle influence in a certain way. I, I have no particular interest um, in, uh, I mean, may maybe I'll run for mayor in eight years, but I'm, I, I'm not interested in the county or the states or anything beyond that. I think politics gets pretty dirty pretty quickly, in my opinion. And I'm not, I'm not sure I have any interest in that at all. Um, again, the only reason I have any interest in this, uh, locally is just to show people that, Hey, everything I've been saying, everything I've been trying to convince you of, I'm just going to show you that it's true. Will you finally get the message? If I show you it's true, will that have an impact to this conversation? Um, but I don't think anything that this could be a stepping tone, uh, stepping stone to would further that conversation in any way. I'm not, it's not something I have any particular interest in. Got it. Cool. 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 Yeah, I've uh, I've 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 had a couple of people over the years, you know, oh, you'd be a great you'd, you'd be great in politics. You should go into politics, Chris. And I'm always like, are you out of your mind? <laughs> I'm the last person who should be in politics. Absolutely not my temperament. But yeah. uh, cool, man. Cool, cool. Are there other is, you know, that we have been talking about this single issue this entire podcast. And I know that you mentioned that there are other issues on the ballot or other issues in, you know, in people's minds that are that everybody's kind of got same, same answers on. Just because we have this opportunity right now, do you want to address any of those as we, you know, start wrapping up the podcast here? Oh, sure. Uh, one of the most important issues to me is that the neighborhoods of Clearwater have adequate representation of their interests on the council. So the city council has five seats. Uh, you could generally divide Clearwater up into three different areas. You have Clearwater Beach, which is kind of what Clearwater is famous for. And it's where most of the economic and tourist activity in Clearwater occurs. You then have downtown, which is what you generally hear so many bad things about. But then you have the entire rest of Clearwater. And they tend to not get the time and attention and the funds that they deserve. Uh, by the way, that entire rest of the Clearwater is where I live. I live in one of the, the oldest and largest actually neighborhoods of Clearwater called Skycrest. And the council tends to represent the interests of downtown and represent the interests of the beach and represent the interests of developers. Um, there's not a whole lot of support in the council for the voice of the neighborhoods. Mm. And, you know, I, I'm one of the directors of my neighborhood association. And, um, and I think if I were to get elected to the council, we would, um, between council member bunker, uh, between one of the other, uh, members of the council, who's already there. And between myself, we would finally have a majority on the council who's probably more interested in the well-being of the neighborhoods than just the well-being of, of downtown and the beach. So that's an important issue. You also have for Clearwater this thing where we're, a, we're an economy very reliant on tourism. And we want to continue to foster uh, the tourism business, but we also need to sort of diversify the, the, the tax base, the business tax base of Clearwater. So that as the years roll on, we still have as much tourism as, as always, but that we have other industries that are supporting the local economy as well. Um, manufacturing, light commercial production, retail, things that aren't just seasonal tourist base. We're never, we're always going to, we're always going to be heavily reliant on tourism, but the more we can mix 
the uh, the the uh, more we can shift the mix of the tax base towards non-tourism businesses, the better it will be for the long-term future of Clearwater. Um, there's also things the city of Clearwater can do to increase our um, our rating. Uh, I don't know the right words to use to describe this, but there's there's a rating system when it comes to the flood preparedness that affects flood insurance premiums. Mm. Right. And, you know, that's a huge concern, especially for people that live in Clearwater Beach. And, and there's flood zones all over Clearwater, not just on the beach. Pinellas County as a whole is uh, has a rating of three. Clearwater has a rating of five. Uh, if we were to work on getting our rating down to a three, the, the lower your score, the cheaper flood insurance premiums are in your in your city. Got it. So, so you with want the county number. being a three, Clearwater really should be working. You want to lower that number. Uh, that would um, going from a five to a three should save everyone in Clearwater about ten percent on their flood insurance premiums. That would be a small example of something that public funds could be directed towards that would benefit uh, a, a very large number of Clearwater citizens. So, just you know, th there's a lot of things. Um, there's a lot of issues. You know, um, of course we we need to. Uh, it, it, I don't know. In today's society, it sounds like a controversial thing to say. We need to support our police and support our our, our first responders, our, our fire departments. I agree. We with need that. to make sure they're well well funded, well staffed, and well trained. You're not going to fix any problems by having less or less trained cops. Yep. Um, I think that's important for the safety of all the neighborhoods in Clearwater. Um, and so, you know, that's just a few things like, but any candidate, um, it'd be a mistake to try to talk about five, six, seven things. You want some core issues. So I want to represent the neighborhoods, um, you know, standing up for the neighborhoods, standing up for the police and the fire department, standing up for small business and standing up to Scientology is uh, a small number of important issues that people can really uh, wrap their minds around and support. Excellent. Excellent. Do you know it would be awful to do this i just i but just with all the standing you were just mentioning in terms of standing up to this and standing up to that it, literally in the back of my mind we stand tall started coming up in my you know that old scientology song about we stand tall right and i just thought wouldn't it be the ultimate victory to play that at your victory speed <laughs> it's it's kind of in your face it's off it's an awful idea but it's just funny it just made me laugh because uh, cause exactly, yeah. you are standing up to them. <laughs> and and in terms of anybody standing tall, that's you right now. So, you know, more power to you. All right. Uh, cool, man. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to, to kind of break all this down for us. And also, of course, uh, I, you know, with my little voice, I will absolutely endorse you as well uh, from, you know, here from, from Denver. And, uh, and I really, really, really do wish you the very best of luck in this. Um, I am more than happy to, uh, to do follow-up on this, of course, as the campaign moves forward. And uh, maybe we'll regroup after the, after the new year and see where things stand and, and how things are going. Yeah, fantastic. Always happy to discuss it further. Awesome, man. All right. Well, good luck. And, uh, and folks out there, of course, if you have uh, you know enjoyed what Aaron has been talking about here and you have seen... You know, any of our earlier work on this, you know, this is a stand-up guy, and he should be supported uh, for real. Uh, this is important. This is a, this is kind of a big deal, and we really want to make this thing happen. So uh, we being, you know, me and the mouse in my pocket and everybody else involved. So anyway, uh, that being said, 
thanks for watching, folks. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this, and I hope you will support Aaron's campaign, and I will see you next week. Bye-bye.